Welcome to the Energetic Radio Podcast. My name is Dale Sidebottom. Each week, I'll bring you inspirational guests who will help you bring fun, energy, and purpose into your lives. Let the show begin. Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. This is episode number 316 with Nita Sweeney. How are you, Nita? Hey, Dale, good to see you. Hello. Likewise, likewise. Now, before we get in, because you're an award-winning author, and I know another book's coming out, which I'm excited to talk about, mental health advocate, ultra runner, coach, everything like that. I'm so excited. I don't even know where to start. But before we do that, um, looking back over the last seven days, um, what's lit you up? What's something that's brought you a little bit of joy? Oh, my gosh. The Portland Marathon. I did the half last so, see would that be 70 actually that's eight days is that that's okay I'll, I'll make yeah. an exception for you today <laughs> actually and this may release later but i did the portland half marathon in uh, portland oregon united states beautiful course lovely people um gorgeous day which isn't always true in the pacific northwest a lot of times it's, it's foggy and it rains it was sunny and cool that 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 just that's going to hold me for a long time I, I, and I've heard good things about Portland. It's, it's very green, isn't it? Um, yes, yes. It's gorgeous. Mm, uh, one of my favorite books actually is uh, Shoe Dogs, and that's where Nike, oh, if yeah. you're not. So I, I know a little bit about the States, but uh, yeah, I really, really yeah. enjoyed that book. And I know that uh, not many big companies come from places like um, Portland. And it's, uh, yeah, it's a really good read. Yeah, that's a good, the, the way that he told that story is really good too. It was yeah. one of the first kind of running-ish books I read when I really got into it. I had this, you know, thing where I was always in a running book because it just helped me stay motivated. And that's a good one, Chew Dog. Yeah, I thought uh, I thought that was, would be a nice segue into uh, what we're going to talk about because I'm really fascinated. A lot of people either like running or they don't, but you describe yourself as a couch potato. At 49 years old, you started running. Um, I This is amazing, and I love it because you're never too old to start something, but particularly running. It's a, quite a strenuous activity. Um, <laughs> I used to run a lot. Now I don't run much at all because my body can't handle it. Um, what motivated you to do, Zeta? Like, where, where did that come from? Well, I'd had a really dark stretch in my life. I, I have chronic depression. I still have chronic depression, but I'm... You know, it's well managed, but still. And I was scrolling Facebook on the sofa. There may have been bonbons, I don't remember, but um, I was probably snacking. And <clears throat> I saw the social media post of a high school friend. And it's important that she was a high school friend because she was the same age about, um, we. I knew that she'd never really been athletic. And uh, we were also, kind of larger people, you know, not what you typically think of as runners. And she wrote, call me crazy, but this running is getting to be fun. And I thought that was the most ridiculous thing I've ever read. <laughs> but I was pretty depressed. And so I watched her. And this is the part where I say, don't ever underestimate the people you are inspiring that you have no clue. Because she didn't have a clue. You know, I'd post, I'd say, oh, good job to do week one, week two, her little training plan. And she seemed to be happy. And I was very, very, it wasn't even unhappy. I was depressed. And so I, um, you know, got the courage to look up the little training plan. It's called Couch to 5K. I said the little training plan, but Couch to 5K, which is um, 
a lot of people are familiar with. And then one day I leashed the dog up, took him kind of as a decoy down to this hidden area in our neighborhood where nobody could see me in my know, pink cotton sweatpants and Velcro sneakers or whatever the heck I had from the back of the closet that I hadn't <laughs> tried on in the decade. And, um, um, and jog for 60 seconds, because that's what the training plan said. It said more than that, but it said jog for 60 seconds or 60 seconds of jogging, I think is what it actually said. And it, it was the beginning of something. And it was the first time in a long time I had been able to do something physical that I had said I would do and that I felt good. I was outside with the dog. There was just a lot of things about it. And so I kept going and I'd watch her and, and, uh, and that's really where it started. And then, and then the kind of the next step, which you may be going to ask me about this, I'll just say it now. Um, because I probably would still just be down in a ravine going back and forth, or I'd be running in my neighborhood, which is wonderful. I live in a beautiful neighborhood. I live in central Ohio, United States. It's very, also green, but not quite as green as Portland. And, um, but my, one of the things that had happened that made that such a dark year was that my 24 year old niece had died of cancer in, uh, a few years before. And I was still just grieving that. And, and a bunch of people had died all in the same year, including my niece, my father-in-law, and my mother, all in the same year. And so um, I didn't tell anybody for a long time that I was running. And then I told my sister and my niece was my sister's only child who had died. And so she later, maybe a couple of weeks later said, hey, there's this 5K, you're running now. Why don't, I'll walk the one mile and you can do the 5K and you know, we'll, we'll um, remember Jamie and we'll raise some money for osteosarcoma. And I panicked. I said, no, 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 no. I'm a pro I don't leave the neighborhood. I'm a private runner. I'm not just like, <laughs> private spit, out my, just spit out my cereal. It was just up. And, um, but then, you know, it took me a little bit, but I got over myself and I said, wait, wait a minute, this is for Jamie. Jamie, she went through so much and she was, you know, she was kind of one of our, one of our, we have many, many lights in our family and she was one of our lights and um, that we lost. So, um, yeah, so I did that. And that is when everything really changed. When I showed up and there were other people in Velcro tennis shoes and pink sweatpants, which by then, this time I figured out other things to wear. But, um, and then there were the, you know, the whole spandex crowd and the, I don't know, everything in between, people with strollers, people with dogs, the whole thing. It, it was like this community I did not know exist. I existed. I opened a secret passage and there were, there were the runners. And, um, and I was welcome and I felt like I belonged and yeah. So that's when, that's when, I mean, it started with my friend who I'm forever grateful, but, but that my sister, Hey, there's this 5k. Um, that's just when things really changed for me. Yeah. I think you're not giving yourself enough credit here. Um, the catch to 5k, like, yes, it's an app and it's easy to download, but Downloading, it's one thing. That's very easy to do. Actually doing it, um, particularly if you're saying, you know, you're quite depressed. Um, do you remember, yeah. like, yes, yes, you saw your friend doing it, but do you remember, like, because at the end of the day, nobody's going to put the work in. Nobody's going to do anything for you. You're the one that physically has to start. Do you remember, like, was there just, how did you get that courage or motivation or it was there like a, a moment that you remember like because obviously yeah you're inspired by your friend and you're like oh well, she can do it maybe i could do it too but what made you actually you know dust off the pink runners and things like that and, and start well that is that's the part 
that I wish you and I could bottle because we would be billionaires. <laughs> yes, we would. <laughs> There's this, there is this inside shift that has to happen. My, um, I do a lot of events and people will come up to me and they'll say, oh my gosh, my sister needs this book or, oh, oh my, I'm so worried about my son or um, I wish my mom would read, you know, and, and I know what they want. They want what you're asking me. And, <laughs> and it has to come. I, I don't, I can't even say. For me, it was just that moment of, it's either gonna get a whole lot worse and possibly for me be over, because I do have, I mean, I have been suicidal before, I've been hospitalized, I have the whole thing. Um, and that had been a while. Uh, didn't wanna go down there again. And so it was like, I just came to a fork in the road and I went, just just go to the closet and get those shoes and see what happens. And I almost had to break it down. I still do that sometimes where I'm, all right, let's just, it, like I sneak up on it. Let's just put on the sweatpants, you know, let's just, just put on the trainers or the, the running shoes to help me. Um, and let, let's just do that first and see what happens. And then we'll just maybe stand outside for a little bit. And then by then you're standing in your front yard with your dog and the neighbor goes by and you think, well, I at least should walk, you know, <laughs> or something. So sometimes I still have to trick myself like that because I, I just still have that mind that is always um, out to get me. But it was, it was really, and I didn't do it at first. I saw her, I watched her for a while and I looked at the training plan a couple times and I did not finish the training plan as written. I had to, that was another whole panic where I got to, I forget what week it is, but the first week or two, all the workouts are the same. And so they, you kind of acclimate, you do this particular distance for this time, and then you do that twice again. And so it, so it becomes not easy, but it's, it, you, you, you build up to it. And then the next week, it's a little harder. Well, then one week, all three workouts are different and they're more difficult the whole, that whole week. And that I almost lost. I thought, I, this is it. I can't do it. I'll never be, you know, I wanted to give up. And, and, uh, and then I, I had joined an online community also of, um, what was it called? Is it, it doesn't matter, but it was a, it's a group for beginners who were trying to follow the plan. And, and they said, well, just break it down. You don't have to follow the plan. And I thought, wait a minute, wait, you don't have to follow the plan. It's like not following your recipe or something. I thought, oh my God. <laughs> and, um, and so I, uh, I just broke it down and I just kept repeating the workout until it felt completely doable. And then I would do whatever the next step was. So I really had to make it my own, but that I know what you're asking that initial you're on the sofa. Am I going to get up or not? I, I don't completely know where that comes from because I'd been on that sofa. I'd heard other people talk about, man, I feel so much better when I play tennis or, Hey, I, you know, I started cycling and, whoa, it's, um, my depression's not gone, but, it, but I, I, it's really better. And just things like that. And I think, yeah, that's great for you. And then one day it was great for me. Mm. And I, I just, you know, so that's, uh, that's the magic that I don't, I just wish I could tell you. I just had to get, I had to get bad enough. It had to get bad enough where I got scared. Mm, and I think that's, there's no magic sauce, is there? At the end of the day, 
we would be extremely rich if we had a pill or a drink that somebody could have and uh, get that motivation. But I suppose then as well, it wouldn't be as rewarding. Do you know what I mean? If somebody yeah. was able to do that for you. And I think the thing you just mentioned before, needed, you weren't bad enough. Unfortunately, this is a thing I see all the time that change only comes when there's no other option or when you get that bad that there's only one or there's no other way out besides doing something radical. Um, is that what you see as well? Like I know you have books, you talk all the time and inspire people, but until they actually hit rock bottom, change doesn't normally happen. They, they have to be at a place where it doesn't necessarily have to be rock bottom for the, for me, but it has to be, it has to be a tough spot for them. So what looks tough for you may not be tough for me. And what is tough for me may seem like no big deal to you. So it's uh, I'm kind of a big one size does not fit all fan. And I just know that that day that was enough for me. I was just, I, I just had to try something and I thought, well, why not this? You know, I, I, we've done the, the mini trampoline is, you know, gathering more dust in the basement. I've done that. We sold the treadmill. I, you know, I've done, I've done <laughs> by treadmill. I was like walking on it. Um, I think I eventually got a gym membership I hadn't joined and unjoined and joined and quit, you know, gym member we had the aerobic classes and the, on the uh, video tapes, they were video tapes. In the basement. <laughs> so yeah, it's, um, I, I don't know. And you know, different people are motivated by different things too. I'm a very um, kind of empathetic, empathetic, open-hearted person who, who relates to um, kind of small circle of people. That's sort of my safety net. And so the fact that it was somebody I knew and somebody that I had been friends with um, helped me identify, but also relate and in a way that I couldn't necessarily have to a stranger. Now, somebody else might have needed their sister to dare them. Hey, I don't think you can run this 5K, but I'm going to, so dare. You know, it, it, we're all different. And someone else might need a challenge of some kind. They might might need, or a bet even. I got 50 bucks on this. Hey, you know, um, uh, something like that. It, and um, someone else might need a community where I'm, I do run with a running group, but I tend to run, I run on, my, on the trail near them. I tend to not run with them as much. And somebody else might need um, a big community and another person might need a charity event where they'll sign up for, you know, that 5K that terrified me, they'll say, hey, that is just the thing I need. That will get me off the couch because I, because I'll do it for Jamie. I'll do it for all the other kids like that. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I just think we each have specific needs. And, and as the, I'll just segue into this, because I do do some coaching. On, um, and what I always try to find is what's your thing? What's your thing that over and over and over again, you can consistently count on to motivate you. And for me, it's it's a close connection with a small group of people. And that can come in a lot of different ways. That can look a whole bunch of different ways. But when I can find that, and what I found in my running group is a small, my pace group, it's this small group of people in my pace group that, that now keep me going. But at the time, it was this friend. It was this friend who I could totally relate to her and thought, oh my gosh, she, she's putting one foot after the other there. And she seems to be having fun. Yeah. And and I love that. I think it's, uh, I like what you mentioned about there's not one size fits all. And I think that's, you know, when you are in a dark place, it's very easy to compare yourself to others. And 
you know, everyone else looks good. Everyone else is doing things that you can't. Um, and But that's where, you know, I love social media and the reach that it can have and the things that it can do. But when you're not in a good place, you know, unfortunately, we don't realize that everybody is different and that what might be a struggle to someone else isn't a struggle to them and that we all start differently. And, but we go the other way and we compare and we say, oh, I'm not good enough. I'm not like that. Um, it's, it's a, it's a juggling act, isn't it? Like it's a, it's a really fine line. It is. It's, I have to be really careful with social media. I need to be on it. Um, well, I have chosen that as part of my platform for my work, but my writing and coaching and it, it can be a trap. And there are times when I, I mean, I have something scheduled ahead so that I don't have to be on there because there are times when it's just not the right place to be. Because even, even if you know, I've been meditating for 30 years, I've been writing books now for a while, I've been running for a long time, like what, 12 years, it's not a long time for some people, a long time for me, for more than a decade and done tons of races. And I'll still go there and go, oh, I haven't done the Chicago Marathon. Oh, what a loser. I haven't done it. I mean, it doesn't quite go like that, but, um, but my brain is definitely up there trying to find something to it's, it's a survival mechanism is what it really is. It try it thinks it's trying to help us. And when I can recognize that and go, oh, oh there it is again. It's just that little survival mode. Thank you. I think I'm going to try something else. And I'll go talk to my husband or take the dog for a run or call a friend or do something besides social media, even, um, even binge watch TV or something, just anything besides <laughs> looking at everybody else. And I'm, you know, I'm a little bit older than a lot of the people that are in. Now, my pace group is actually, I'm, actually in about in the middle of, of the age group in my pace group but but of the overall running group i'm one of the oldest people there in the in the, the older group and i'm um I'll, i never have looked well actually there was probably a small window where i looked sort of like a very stereotypical runner but i've never been a real thin person i'm not you know i just have not i just not built that way and so it's real easy to to go to the race and Oh, the shirts don't fit again because I'm not shaped like a runner. You know, things like that. It's really easy to do that kind of thing. And on social media, that's what they they you get fed that all the time. So yeah, be careful, be selective. That's big self care. Turning off the devices is big self care. Here as mm-hmm. we sit on a podcast, but listen to our podcast. <laughs> yeah, listen to listen <laughs> to the podcast. We're special. Great. We're special. We're different. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. I couldn't agree more with that. Now I'm fascinated. Obviously. Um, doing a 5k fun run is a lot different than doing a marathon or an ultra or something like that. Um, <laughs> now you spoke, you've spoken a lot about finding your tribe and that is one of the most important things you can ever do. You know, like it started by being inspired by somebody you knew and you could relate to them and you're like, I can do that. I want to be like that. I want to feel better Then you started small. You did a 5k. How did it like, were you not just happy doing 5k's? You're just like, there's more, there's more, there's more like, what can you describe yeah. how that happened? Because a lot of people can run, but that's that's crazy going to ultras. I kind of have one of those personalities that once <laughs> I'm in, I'm all in. Now I knew enough not to go straight from 5K to marathon, and I didn't consciously. No, that's not true. I I kept saying, "Oh, you don't really want to run a marathon," and then I would see a 26.2 sticker on the back of somebody's car and go. Oh, I want that. That's what I really want. They go, oh, no, 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 you don't have to do that. No, 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 that's too much. And I had these issues 
um, which my I wrote about a lot in my first book um, that I had this wonky ankle and I had some issues with that that or some issues I had a lot of issues with that that were um, they ended up being more mental struggle than physical struggle because that's uh, my story is that most things are more mental struggle for me than physical struggle which makes the book um, that it makes some people love the book and some people go if I heard her talk about her wonky ankle one more time, I'm going to throw this book in the bin. I mean, really, that's what it is. And that's the way it should be. But, um, um, but yeah, I, I, um, I have no idea where I was just going with that. But somebody asked me that question again because my, my brain just went completely blank. No, no, you won't, your wonky ankle took over and it consumed yeah. you again. Like, and you were talking yeah. more about like the mental side, but, um, you said obviously people doing a marathon, you saw the sticker. Oh, my, yeah, yeah. My yeah. question was, what made you want to do that? Like it's running a marathon is crazy. <laughs> I like, I like um, achievements. I like diplomas and certificates and things you put in frames on your wall. And I just do, I just do. And that to me is a motivator. And I used to be kind of ashamed of that. And I realized now, no, use it. If that's what gets you going, use it. So I um, I started by just creeping up on the distance. So the 5K was fun. I thought I'll do a 5K turkey trot. Well, there wasn't a 5K. There was either a four mile or a five mile. And I can't remember now why I chose the five mile over the four mile. I think some friends might've been doing it, I forget. And so, you know, I went online, found a training plan, 5K to five miler or something like that. And then I kept doing a few 5Ks and I started talking to people who were in this running group and they kept saying, oh, you know, you could do half marathon. There's a group for this. It's, it's sort of my, one of my favorite things, sayings is if you hang around in a barbershop long enough, you're going to get a haircut. <laughs> and so, you know, I'm online with these runners. I'm talking to people at races. Um, turns out I have friends that are in this running group that I didn't even know were runners, but they're all doing half marathons. And that's actually how I ended up doing the marathon too, was these, I did join the running group and ran my first half. And then I was getting ready to run my second half. And when the race registration for the Columbus marathon, which is the town in Columbus, Ohio, when that opened up, these friends all started signing up for the poll. And I thought, oh no, I don't be left out. It was, I mean, it was almost FOMO, you know, fear of missing out, totally. Um, <laughs> and I mean, I say almost, it really was. And they were all doing it. And I thought, okay. And I had these two other friends in the pace group who had done their first marathon the season before. So they had done a spring marathon and this was a fall marathon, my first. And I, my attitude was train and see what happens. Just go out today, you know, start, just start following the training plan and see what happens. And that's what I did. And, you know, it was, um, it was not totally a picnic, mostly mentally. Um, even the, the race itself on race day, I got to kind of mile 22 and thought, this isn't going to happen. I'm done. I mean, there was, there was, there's a lot and lots of ups and downs all the way. It, um, it just, it just, um, it was, it's, it's just been a challenge. And then, you know, once I did one, then they're sort of like M&Ms. You can't just have more you know, candies, you know, certain candies. You just can't have just one. So, <laughs> so I've done, I've done, now I, I give you my stats here. I've done three fulls 
And then the altar was the same thing. I had this group of friends who were in their 50s, 60s, and 70s who were doing 31 miles. And it's a flat course. It's a five-mile loop. You've got 24 hours to do it. And they kept talking about how much fun it was and how it was less pressure than the other races, which is true. You've got 24 hours versus six or six and a half even. And I'm slow. Um, so I thought, well, we'll see. What in train to see what happens. <laughs> so that's, what, that's how it happened. So I've done three, three ultras, three fulls. And then I'm, my big goal is to do a half in each of the 50 states of the United States. So I've done 24 states. And I've done 37 halves in 24 of the 50 states. So I, I just like the goals. And that was one of the things you asked me, I actually forgot. When I first started running, I printed that training plan off. And um, I have a bookcase here in my office and I taped it to the side of my bookcase. And every day when I would come in from my little workout, I would make a check mark next to it. And that's a dopamine hit. That is actually a neurochemical, uh, neurotransmitter, happy brain chemical hit. And that just, I would think, oh, hmm, it's again, a couple days. I, um, and, and not only that, that's a very good form of gamification. You know, you are rewarding yourself and you're celebrating the small wins. This is something um, I'm very passionate about now. And I talk a lot to people about celebrate the small wins. Don't wait for a big one because if you don't celebrate the little ones, you don't celebrate the big ones. Like it's that it's a very simple thing to do, but it, it actually keeps you motivated. and makes you feel good about yourself. Yeah. And there's so many, I mean, there's so many small details to a training plan. If you think about, um, a, there's a 12 week plan, 16 weeks plans, it, that's a lot of time. And if you're not paying attention to, hey, I did that run and where are we going for breakfast? Or, you know, hey, I, I um, did this hill repeat workout and give yourself that little girl or boy for that, that, I don't know. And then give the other people around you those too. Because a lot of times I wouldn't see my own progress but I'd see somebody else who either started the same time I did or started after I did. I'll see their progress, but I won't necessarily see my own. And so um, cheering others on has helped me stay motivated too, because it um, it just is, I don't know, those happy brain chemicals, it's, it's good stuff. Yeah. And I need it. Well, We all do. Yeah, we, we all do, correct. And lifting others up is such a lovely thing to do because not only does it help them, but it actually releases, we're talking about a lot of chemicals, oxytocin, you know, the love drug makes you feel amazing, makes them feel amazing. Now, um, what what happens when you're running, Nita? Like what what feeling, what goes through your head? Like does, does something happen to you? Like is it the ultimate being present or, um, you know, like it? can you describe what that's like? Well, when I'm not thinking about where we're going for breakfast, which is <laughs> often we have on the long run. It's usually there, there's a negotiation over whether these two you know places we're going to go. But I will pick, and um, this was actually one of my books is about this. I will choose an object of meditation. So I often choose the color green because we do live in Central Ohio, USA, where it's pretty green, and and then I will just notice all the shades and textures and shapes and colors of green, the, the very, very way that green presents itself on the run. And then the absence of green. Oh, there's no green here at all. Or there's little green, less green, more green, things like that. And then my mind will wander to, if not breakfast, um, you know, 
something I the email I didn't answer or something my editor wants that I haven't delivered yet or um, what we're having for dinner. I don't know. I do figure out food a lot apparently. Um, and um, so um, so I'll notice that. And then this is the important part that noticing, remembering. Oh, that's right. I was I was trying to meditate here. I was trying to make this a an exercise in in focus and equanimity. And then very, very gently, instead of beating myself up, just gently bringing my, my mind back to whatever I've chosen. Uh, one time I counted all the pumpkins on all the porches. I did the run through my neighborhood. I think it was like 10 miles. I forget how many. There's a lot of pumpkins in October. I counted all these pumpkins on the porches. And that was very fun because I'm looking left, looking right, you know, as I'm running along, noticing cars and things like that too. I, I don't use um, uh, music when I run because I've had a couple of really close calls and I just want to be really, really aware of my surroundings. So I'm counting all the pumpkins and, and then my mind will wander and I'll, oh, that's right, I'm counting pumpkins. And just being where I'm trying to be where I'm at. Sometimes I'll use a physical sensation. That wonky ankle um, always gives me a little tingle sometimes. It's pretty pretty present, pretty, um, pretty um, it's almost always present. And so I'll just bring my mind back to that. Notice that that's there. Hey, there you are again. Um, I might. If I'm, um, I use, I do uh, follow um, kind of a form called chi running, and they have some, I don't know, little tips. One of it is to to feel uh, as if you're being pulled up from the crown of your head with a string, and that just sort of keeps you kind of upright, and then you sort of lean forward from your belly, but um, not over, but kind of almost from your ankles. And so feeling those two things, that lean and that crown of my head, kind of tilt. Um, head chin forward as my head lifts. Just keeping that notice, noticing is that happening? Is that not? Can I correct it? Is that happening? Is that not? And and sometimes I just let my mind wander, and um, I might be writing a book, you know. But uh, there's often something going on other than just the running. Now, if I'm doing a speed workout, which I don't do a lot of those because I do tend to get injuries when I do them. I'm not. I don't know if I'm not. Um, um, balanced enough or whatever, but I, I just find that if I push it too much, it, it's it's better if I let it flow. Like I can do hill report peaks. That's probably my best speed work because it, it doesn't, I tend to not get injured. But when I really try to do a track workout, I've uh, done a ton of trouble problems with that. And so then if I'm really doing a hill workout, then I'm just focused on getting up that hill, you know, just feeling my body pull up on that hill. I might pick a spot at the top and try to let that spot pull me forward. But um, but that's, that's going to be a different energy than if I'm on a long run or even just a short run around the neighborhood and I'm not don't have a particular aim other than the distance itself which is a lovely aim. Mm, it really is and I know you mentioned earlier that you've meditated for 30 years um essentially and this is like there's I think there's nearly 200 definition of of what mindfulness is and essentially it's just to be present <laughs> you know and you'll get it's it's active mindfulness what you're doing there because everything you're just telling yourself and reminding yourself is nearly exactly the same as you're laying down doing a guided meditation, except you're moving your body. Um, and I love the fact that, you know, you allow your thoughts, you allow not to be consumed by, don't get me wrong, podcasts are great, but music and podcasts or, do you know what I mean? Like just to be present and run. It's, it's a very rare thing these days because we've got so much information, you know, audio book, podcasts, music, rah, 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 rah. Um, your active mindfulness. That's lovely. Well, I, I am, um, thank you, first of all. I find that when I can have that time where 
there's nothing else but what is going on in my mind, which is not always pleasant, but you know, I can let that pass too. Then the rest of the time, I'm more efficient. Um, that's not always true, but uh, I, don't know, I said, I said, yeah, I find that. But it's um, it's a it's a tool that I use to make the rest of my life easier. My mood improves when I'm really present with what I'm doing. Any that's true anytime, but especially with exercise. And the way I like to think about it is, so I've done a lot of silent retreats. I've done a lot of work with teachers, and they usually start you with sitting meditation focused on the breath. And so you can use your breath. That's an object. That's the object of meditation I was talking about. They're just using the breath. It can be any aspect of experience. And your experience is your thoughts and your body sensations, one of which is your breath. So um, that's the focus. And then the only difference is the posture. So instead of sitting, you're moving. Now, it takes time to build up the concentration because when you're moving, um, it somehow is easier to get distracted which is why it's so important to keep that object of meditation in mind and to you know bring yourself back and yourself back that trains the focus but i'm i found it i actually was kind of an accident where i realized oh i can meditate while i'm doing this when i was running i I didn't talk as much in my first book about it as i wish kind of wish i had now because i was so focused on mental health and what i actually did running i mean it's almost a training manual in some ways i am very specific about what exactly you did on particular workouts and the shoes I was choosing because that was a big deal what kind of shoes shoes I ended up using wearing and things like that but I was meditating pretty early because I thought I think this is just a different posture this is just I mean because I'd done walking meditation so this is just a it's just faster and that and, and that's part of how you do long distances is if you've got if you're not afraid of boredom if you're not afraid of your mind you're not afraid of um going into that dark place in your mind that happens sometimes when they call it talk about the pain cave. Well, yeah, there's a physical pain cave, but there's a mental pain cave too. And uh, so, yeah, that's, <clears throat> that's where the meditation has just come in really, really handy for me. Mm. Hang on one second. You're right. Um, <laughs> while, you, while you're doing that, I think uh, one thing you mentioned in there is boredom. Um, boredom is actually something we all need, but we don't allow it anymore because we're so consumed. Um, so when you have that space, like you were just mentioning to run, you're getting the benefits of moving your body, all those endorphins, but then you're also allowing your mind things that it needs. I, I absolutely love that. Um, very important. Yeah. Well, it's amazing what'll bubble up if you, if you let it, mm. but we're so, it's like you talked about, we, we just really captured it well about how we just fill our minds with all this wonderful stuff. It's not bad, but it's full all the time. There's no space for anything new. And so we, um, I think some of us get afraid of that space and we're just not used to it. It's not even we're afraid of it. We're just not used to it. And um, so having that space, it's, it's where a lot of really great ideas come and solutions, figuring things out. If I can step back enough to just let my mind drop a little bit to, and slow a little bit. Because oh, I wanted to say that real quick. People think they can't meditate because they can't stop their thoughts. You, I'll tell you when you stop your thoughts, and that's when you die. Until then, they're not going to stop. They don't. It doesn't work that way. So that's the, like the biggest myth about meditation. Um, but what you do is you let, you create an environment to let them slow down, and that's the focus and that equanimity of noticing you become distracted and then gently bringing the mind back. Those two things: that focus and then the distraction with that 
kind way of bringing the mind gently back. That over and over and over again is how the mind gradually, those thoughts will slow. Hmm. And I love that. It's, you've got to be kind to yourself. I know so many people are like, oh, shut up thoughts. Shut up. I can't do this. Rah, rah, rah. And I know I used to be like that, but um, the moment you let go and, and realize that everybody's like that, we have 80,000 thoughts a day or so. It might even be more. I don't know. Don't quote me on that, but um, you're not going to be able to stop those. And it doesn't matter how good you are. So um, now let's talk about your books. I can see them behind you. They're amazing. I know you've got another one coming out. Let's give yeah. them a plug because um, yeah. So many people I feel want to start something. They think maybe I'm too old. Uh, maybe I'm, I don't have the right body shape. Maybe I don't have anything. You're never too old or anything. You've just got to start and you're running, you're running, you're proof of that at 49, you started running and, and what you've done is amazing. So what can people expect in your books? Well, the first book, Depression Hates a Moving Target is a memoir. It has a resource section in the back also, but it's the story of how I started on the couch and then ended up training for my first marathon. And it's a mental health story. So, you know, expect some bumps. Of, it's not it's not all happy snappy. Um, expect some bumps along the way. And also a lot of um, what some people call as um, uh, too many details. It has way too many details because I love way too many details. And so <laughs> I tell you everything I did, everything I wore and everything I thought about and everything I felt and um, and then how that kind of transformed my life from being somebody who just couldn't finish things. And then the second book is technically a writing journal. It's a blank book that I co-created with the uh, with my editor, Brendan Knight. It's called You Should Be Writing. And it's a little little different from our audience, but it's for people who either want to write or it's a place you can just put your thoughts to for on any topic. But the quotes in the book um, are from writers and they're about kind of the, the writing journey and the writing craft. And then the most recent book, well, actually quite the most recent, but the one that um, uh, came out last year is called Make Every Move a Meditation. And that's the one um, where I talk about what I what I mentioned about meditating while I run. And it's how to turn any movement form from pickleball to laser tag to, you know, running ultramarathons into a meditative practice. And not, it's actually much simpler than you think. It's like I go... I'm really proud of that book because it has 83 footnotes, baby. <laughs> that, was like, wow. that was big. Um, but the most recent book that that uh, uh, just is coming out right now is called A Daily Dose of Now. And it's a 365, you know, one of those daily reader books. It has a quote, a tiny little example of how I use mindfulness in my life. And then a today's practice, do this. Here's what you do today. And there's 365 of those. In this one little book, and that uh, uh, all those books are available in ebook and print. Um, the first, uh, not the first, the first and the third. So, depression is moving target, and make every move meditation are both audiobooks as well, and they're available wherever fine books are sold. I love it. My editor has me say that. Um, my <laughs> website is nitasweeney.com. I have a newsletter, and so if people get on my newsletter, that's where they get most of the news from. About me first. I'm on social media, but the the things I really want people to hear, they've given me permission to invade their email inbox, and so I send them a little note that uh, tells them what's going on. Well, I love that. And for listeners here, this episode number 316, I'll have links uh, for Anita's books and her website, so you can go and check those out. And uh, probably more importantly, sign up to the newsletter because 
you never know where you get motivation from. And Nita, um, I think your story, and that's why I was so fascinated to talk to you, not only because I'm really passionate about being present and finding ways to do it, but also giving people opportunities that isn't yoga and meditation because sitting still, particularly for me, like I've sat still for this podcast, I'm ready to go for a run or so I need to move my body. And so, you know, like the traditional ways that people refer to being present don't always work for everyone. So the way you've been able to do it through active mindfulness, you know, you're running, but then also starting at such a young age, not so young age, you know, but when, you know, you did say you got you depressed, you know, you had things that weren't going well with three deaths, which I'm really sorry about previous year that you made the change. It's inspiring. Um, I know I'm inspired from the chat today and um, I just want to thank you for being on the show and for sharing your story because more people need to hear this. You're, you're never old enough to start something new, uh, particularly something that is going to benefit your life. And not only that, uh, inspire others. So Nita, thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for the opportunity to share. I really appreciate the work you're doing, Dale. Thank you.